Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. This man said, uh, my wife is pregnant and my daughter asked, uh, my doctor, excuse me, asked me a question. If I'd ever been present at a childbirth before, he was trying to prep me, the man said. And so the man replied, yes, but just once. And the doctor asked, well, what was it like? And he said, well, it was dark. And then suddenly, very bright. (laughs) I like to preach on the thought of a message. This present Jesus. This present Jesus. If you look at the prophecies of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is littered. Now there are different ideas of how many prophecies, that means history written in advance, that describe Jesus Christ coming into the world. I've read different figures. I've read 40, 50, 300, 351. I think there was one that said 465. And so it depends sometimes how you break up different scriptures. Is that one or is that three? Suffice to say, there were a lot of prophecies that proclaimed that Jesus would come into this world. And Jesus Christ had to fulfill all of those prophecies or Jesus would have been a false prophet. If one of those weren't there, if Jesus was born in Jerusalem, well, he could not have been the Messiah. If Jesus Christ was not crucified and uh, they didn't pierce his hands and his feet, Jesus could not have been the Messiah. I remember there was a guy. So if someone prophesies to you and it doesn't come to pass, they're a false prophet. There was a guy, we were eating Krispy Kremes. And uh, on Cassett Avenue, so this is years ago, right? The old Krispy Kreme before they redid it, and that's the new Krispy Kreme. Uh, anyhow, so, or maybe it was a new one. It was years ago. This guy, he came up to me, and uh, I shook his hand, and he kind of opened my hand up, and he did some type of, like, design on my hand. Like, I don't know if it was, like, witchcraft. I don't know what it was. And then he looked at me, and he goes, you'll never see me again. And he walked out. And I'm, I'm, I'm there with my hand open going, what just happened? But it's the west side of Jacksonville. It happens every day. So you get used to it, right? We were standing out in front of the church, and it wasn't long after that, and there was that dude right there. The one that told me you'll never see. And I had a word for him this time. I said, hey. And he looked at me, and I said, you told me that you'd never see me again. And the dude, I remember, he dropped his head because the kid was up, right? That this, he made a prophecy, but it was not fulfilled. It would have been a blessing, right? Someone said, like, if your brother-in-law borrows 50 bucks and never pays it back, is it worth it? It's like, yeah, never have to see him again. 50 bucks, right? But we find in the Bible... 
that there was someone that actually statistically checked this out. That if what was the probability of Jesus Christ fulfilling the prophecies? So they didn't use 300. They didn't use uh, 50. They used eight prophecies. Eight prophecies that were made in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ. And they said, what is the statistical probability that these could have just happened? So they took, for example, one of the prophecies was Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. It says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So 700 years before Jesus was born, this was written, for give or take, right? And they... These statistical uh, analyzers said that it probably was about a 1 in 300,000 chance, given the population of the earth at that time, that Jesus could be born in Bethlehem. 1 in 300,000. But that's one prophecy. So they took seven other prophecies and put these in a hopper, and that Jesus would fulfill all eight of these prophecies, and there are many more than that. The probability was... One in ten to the seventeenth power. So, okay, one in ten, right? That means if you have like a, a red ticket and you put it with a bunch of white, nine white tickets, that's one in ten. And you stir them up in a hat and you blindfold a man and he picks out a ticket. He has a one in ten chance of picking that red ticket. Well, the statistical probability of Jesus fulfilling only eight prophecies, and there were many more. It was one in 10 to the 17th power. Now, I want to show you how big a number that is. So that means if you imagine getting uh, 10 to the 17th power, that's a lot of zeros. And you... You have uh, silver dollars because you have lots of money, right? And you spread these all over. They would cover the face of Texas, okay? That's how big this number is. And you would take one silver dollar and mark it as the special silver dollar and bury it somewhere in Texas. Now, my wife and I drove through Texas, okay? If you drive on the I-10, you know how long it takes you to drive through? Like a day. That's how big Texas is, and you're going Texas speed. Texas is big, okay? And you hide a silver dollar, one of them, somewhere in Texas. And then you blindfold someone and say, go pick up that special marked silver dollar. And you think they're going to pick it up? The likelihood of them picking that up is just about impossible. But what I shared that for is to share that Jesus Christ is Coming to the world above the general probability of an accident. When Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem, there was something that just could not have accidentally happened. Uh, the Bible, you know, that when some people get pregnant, they're like, oh, it was an accident. First of all, no, that's biology. You might not have meant it to happen, but it only happens one way, right? But the gospel first, this present Jesus... The gospel is a presentation of Jesus Christ. 
I remember when I came to the house of God and the Lord began to deal with my heart and I didn't even know what was going on, that the people at the church began to lift up their hands and sing and praise God. And I began to look around at what was going on and I, I put my hands down, my hand down and my hands together and I began to really pray because I didn't know what was happening. I felt a presence that I was not aware of before and it was the presence of God. I didn't understand what was happening. I remember when we were in Bible school, we would answer uh, present when your name was called and then you would say yes sir or yes ma'am depending on the teacher uh, if it was a male or a female that was if you had your homework done because if you didn't have your homework done you were out of class right and uh, I remember I, I broke my jaw so I had my jaw work truck so it was funny every time I had to talk I was like, present, no sir. And he was trying to understand me. But you know that when I came to the house of God the very first time, I was present, but all I could think of was, no sir, I am not ready to meet God. I am not right with God. My life was not correct with Jesus Christ. But you see, that's why the presentation of the gospel is so important. Because people need to know that God is real. A lot of times people, they have a notion of God. But they don't understand that the probability of Jesus coming to this world is almost impossible to fulfill all of those scriptures. But Jesus did. And he died on a cross for our salvation. You see that when Jesus Christ begins to be opened up into the lives of hearts and of, of men and women, then we begin to realize there's something missing in my life if we're not a Christian. When Jesus Christ is presented in the book of Acts, there was a man named Philip and he was told by the Spirit of God to go talk to this Ethiopian uh, who was in a chariot who had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about that? The man did not take a jet from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. Have you ever thought about how long it would take to drive a chariot from Africa to Jerusalem just to go to church? You say, you say preacher, I had a long way to church. But it wasn't like a thousand miles going over the rocks and everything. This unit wanted something from God and he had come back from worshiping and he, he's reading the book of Isaiah which was also written at the time 700 years it was an ancient document at the time and he's reading it and doesn't understand it and Philip who's a Christian he's told by the, the Holy Ghost go join yourself to his chariot what did what did Jesus Jesus wants his gospel presented and you know what's so important if you're a Christian? You are a presenter of the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. You know, some people aren't ready for that, but as soon as you become a Christian, it's like, what happened? It's like you got thrust from the stands onto the playing field. No, a lot of us, we go, uh, you know, you might watch a sporting event, but you're not allowed on the field. And you know, sometimes people get on the field, they're the guys or the girls, usually guys, right, without any clothes on, and they streak until they're, they're tackled by the, the, the security. But you're not allowed, you're, you're allowed to watch and cheer and get in your game attire and put the foam fingers on. But when you become a Christian, you're thrust onto the field. And you're in the game. And there's things going left and right. And that's why God said, hey, you better put your pads on. That the Paul said, take unto you 
the whole armor of God. You've got to get your helmet on. You've got to get your, your breastplate on. You've got to get your sword and you've got to get your shield. I don't know about you. Do you ever realize that when you become a Christian? Like, man, what's happening? Well, you have been part inducted into God's army and there's a fight on. Well, the Bible said that Philip was told to speak to this man in this chariot. And so he did. And the man began to read from what we know as Isaiah chapter 53. And then he said, what is, what is being said here? And it said in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Another prophecy of Jesus Christ being crucified. And so well, why did Jesus have to be crucified? The Bible said, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. We read in Isaiah, if I could direct your attention to a few of those scriptures, it said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And one more scripture. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, there was a need for Jesus to be presented because the Bible says in Isaiah that there was some lost sheep. There were men and women that did not have what they needed. We know from the Garden of Eden that mankind ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and were disconnected from God. And when Jesus came, he came to die for our sins so that simply we could be reconnected to God. I, I remember... So when I was, I was working for a tile company some years ago, and there was a gentleman there that wanted to use the leaf blower. He was another employee. Now, that was my job generally, but he wanted to do it, so I begrudgingly let him have the leaf blower. And he comes out, and he goes, and he's looking at the leaf blower, and he's kind of turning the on-off button. And he said, he looked at me, and he goes, does this thing work? And I looked at him, and I said, yes. And he tries it a little bit longer and, you know, on, off, on, off. And then he looked at me and he goes, does it have to be plugged in? And I said, yes. <laughs> you know, that's exactly the same. Well, does this Jesus work? He works. But he's got to be plugged into you. You know that Jesus Christ is alive. But the thing that's missing is not that God's not alive. That we need to get plugged in. And the presentation of the gospel is just like Philip saying Jesus Christ is alive. And all you've got to do. He already did the work on the cross. All you need to do is receive him into your life. That presenting of Jesus brings us to the next thing. Which is the present Jesus. You know the Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday. Yesterday, but he's the same today. You know, pe people say it's not like the old days. Back in the old days. You know what? Jesus Christ hasn't he lost any power from the old days. God still heals. God still fills with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That men and women will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. Why? It's the same Jesus. That's what John the Baptist said. He said, I baptize you with water, but there cometh another. He's mightier than I. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even uh, worthy to unlatch his, his sandals. 
He said, he'll baptize you with the what? Holy Ghost. That's what John the Baptist said. I don't know if Baptists believe that, but that's what John the Baptist said. And with fire. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ did bury that there on the day of Pentecost. That the, the Holy Ghost was poured out unto men and women. Now speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is power to serve Jesus Christ. And it's not salvation. Salvation is inviting Christ into your life. The Spirit of God coming in a baptism. Like when you baptize something, you get immersed in it. You have to have the Spirit of God when you get saved. You get a measure of the Spirit of God. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Have you ever played Pac-Man? You're, you're running away from those ghosts, Blinky. and I, They all have names, right? Blinky. And they're like trying to get you, right? And then there are these big dots, usually at the corners of the game board. And if you don't know about Pac-Man, you're just little, like, you look like a wheel of cheese, right? And you're running around. They, uh, they asked the Pac-Man video game players what their favorite cooking utensil was. For just people who played Pac-Man, what they liked to cook with. Do you know unanimously what the answer was? A walk, 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 a When you get one of those big, when you get one of those big power dots in the corner, things change, don't they? Those ghosts change, and instead of coming towards you, they begin to run away from you. And then you begin to chase those ghosts. Man, that's exactly what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is. Instead of running from the devil, you turn around and say, wait a second, what am I running for? I've got power in my life. And you begin to turn around. And you know what? You begin to say, wait a second, sir. I want to give you an invitation to church. It's a change in your life where I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God. Amen. When Jesus Christ becomes the present Jesus, he takes the power of the past and brings it into the present. You know that uh, we read the Christmas story. You know that happened 2,000 years ago? You know we read it as if it's just happened yesterday. Why? Because it's about this present Jesus, that God is alive. You know that we were singing, and even though we sang joy to the world kind of fast, it was a good job, brother. I felt the presence of God, even though we sang the song, and it was a little fast. Why? Because Jesus Christ is alive. The one that, the one that we're preaching about is not someone who's far away, but he's close to us. The Bible says that uh, there was a preacher that preached that there's a miracle in your mouth. That, that, that there's, the Bible said, this faith is nigh even in your mouth. The faith which we preach. And when, you, when Jesus is preached, they preach, but I need to get healed, or I need to get, I need to get a blessing in my life. You know that, uh, that God is here to receive those prayers. I remember some years ago, looking way back there at uh, Brother Velez. Can I share this job illustration? I've done it before. So it was a time when... Uh, you know, rougher times, you know, this is years and years ago, that, that brother needed a job. And uh, some things had happened, and he came down, and uh, he, I said, brother, what would you like to pray for? And he said, uh, well, I, I want to pray for a job. And so I said, well, do you believe that Jesus could, could get you a job? And he said, yes. And, you know, it's the right answer, right? You know, no, I'm going to go back to my pew, right? 
And I said, we prayed. It wasn't, I don't remember what I said. I remember what he said. But we just agreed that he would get a job. And we got up and afterwards I said, brother, you remember what I said? I said, brother, go get your job. And I think it was the next day. I don't know if he got one job or two jobs. Like one guy, he had a job and then another guy offered him a job. And he doesn't have either of those jobs. That's a long time ago. But you know what? The one that gave him the job is still available today. And the one that heals is still available today. Well, God healed me six years ago. Praise God. He's still available today. But God blessed me six years ago. Hey, you know what? I'm thankful that Miss, Miss uh, well, I use all these illustrations. This nice lady used to give us Christmas gifts where we worked years ago, and, and it was a blessing. And I still have a few of those gifts, but the monetary gifts, they're gone. But you know what? If you've got a blessing from God and you've already spent it up and it's already gone, why don't you get a new blessing? Because the Bible said that that same Jesus that did that miracle before, he's the same Jesus today. He can pour out a blessing. He can pour out a healing because he's alive. And as Philip began to talk to this uh, eunuch, He said, what doth hinder me? Now, he was talking about water baptism, but he began to realize, what is stopping me now? He said, I need to get what God has for my life. And he said, if you believe it, believe this with all thine heart, thou mayest. You know that what God is looking for is not necessarily action in our body, but action in our heart right here. If we believe that God can do it in our lives, he said, you may. And the Bible said that the, the eunuch said, I believe. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He made that statement. Now, it's not just a statement from our lips. What we do is we say, you know what? I'm going to submit myself to what God wants me to do, how God wants me to live, how God wants me to think. It's a tall order, right? But he made that declaration, and he said, I want this Jesus to be. The last thing is the present, comma, Jesus. He said, I need this gift. You know, if my wife comes to the piano, you can find a lot of things on Amazon. and You can find a lot of things in Timu. You can find a lot of things on other ordering sites. And I know that people are clicking and hopefully not doing it in the middle of church service, but people are clicking and last minutes to, you know, they're putting all these, the last time to send from the USPS to send your Christmas cards. I think we missed out, right? We missed out last year too. So... <laughs> We made one on, on a video, though. That was actually years ago. But anyway, so we did that. But, but there's some things that you can't get down here in this earth. There's some gifts that aren't available. I remember asking Siri. Who's Siri? The computer lady? I don't know. It's a real voice. But is, is that Apple? Siri's Apple, right? And I said something like, Siri, what's the meaning of life? And she didn't even have a snarky answer. Now, they might have put one in there later, but she didn't even recognize that. You know, there's some things that only come with Jesus. And that's why Jesus is the greatest gift. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7. Paul told this preacher, and preachers need to be reminded of it too. He said, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. You know, just like other things like paint. Have you ever bought paint? You don't just buy it, do you? You don't buy it and walk out of uh, Lowe's, especially if it has colorant in it, right? 
they take it and they put it in something called a hopper. Have you ever seen that? They close and lock the door and it goes and it shakes that paint up, right? And it disperses the color and all of the latex or oil all around so that it, it so the paint works, right? You know, sometimes we need to stir up the gift of God. We need to shake it up and realize, wait a second, it's all settled to the bottom. I need to stir up the sugar in the tang. I need to stir up the sugar in the Kool-Aid. And the Bible says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. That's not from Jesus this, this Christmas season. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. You want some gifts? You're not going to find these anywhere on Amazon. But they're free from Jesus Christ. The Bible said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, who? Jesus, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, see the real present, he brings all the other gifts. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And he said, well, why is salvation so important? Because with God, all things are possible. But without God, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Because Jesus wants you to get hooked up to the single most important thing that you'll ever do in life. And that's a walk with Jesus. And this present Jesus, he's been presented. He can bring the past blessings to the present. But the thing about a gift, you know, the quarterback would be nothing without a wide receiver. That's someone who runs down the field. They run a few steps this way, then they cut left or they cut right. Have you ever seen them? Most people watch the quarterback. Have you ever just watched the receiver? There's several of them that go out. And they turn and then they, they look back and their arms fly open. And two or three of them will do it. Only one gets the ball, right? Just watch it sometime. On, on, And they'll just be there, and what are they doing? They're waiting to receive. Because they know if that ball comes to them, their arms better be open because they're not going to have time to open their arms. The ball's already in the air when they're running. You know, as, as God has been dealing with your heart, the ball's already in the air. And all you need to do in the altar call is say, God, I'm receiving that. I'm going to receive and you know what, if you haven't received Jesus Christ into your life, and if, and if say, well, I, don't, I don't like to hear about sin, preacher, but you know what, I had to hear about sin so I could deliver from sin. And if my life is still not living according to the way that God wants me to live, you can get free from that. And let me tell you, it's greater than any monetary gift that you can have. And you can have peace in your heart that God is your Savior and that your life is right with God. God will give you a rest for your very soul. Let's find a place to pray with heads bowed and eyes closed and my wife begins to sing Jesus Christ is the present Jesus. This present Jesus has been presented by the gospel. This present Jesus, he's here right now. And this present Jesus, he's the present. He's the gift. And all you have to do to receive him is just open your heart and say, God, I'm going to receive you into my life. And if you already have received him into your life, healing comes with Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Ghost comes with Jesus. If you have a need in your life, ask and you shall receive. It's included. It's like an accessory for the gift. God will answer the prayers of his children. And you know what? 
it'd be a crime not to ask when Jesus listens to you right now. Jesus, you're this present Jesus. Lord, would you speak to hearts? And oh, I pray that hearts would be open unto you. Have your way in Jesus' precious name. satisfaction in the difficulty of the way what he was saying was is that he enjoyed when God came through when it seemed like nothing else would make things work you know what God won't let you down he'll carry you and God is faithful according to your faith this present Jesus so be it unto you Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Now, we have another birthday boy, and I know this is, yes, right there, right? And it's his birthday today, and he's also 29. Are you going to let us in on the secret? No, okay. We know he's 29, right? 
But we would like to, it's Daryl's birthday, and so we'd like to sing happy birthday to him. And then uh, we'd like to pray for the food. Brethren, God bless you. Thank for everyone that brought something. So I didn't eat anything or bring anything. Well, take something. If there is a blessing for you, and uh, are you ready to sing? Happy birthday to you. There's chocolate cake for you. Happy birthday to you. Please eat a piece or two. Happy birthday. God bless you. And those extra calories are also for you. Happy birthday to you. God bless you, Daryl. Brother Velez, would you ask for blessing on the food? God bless you is our prayer.